1: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Here
2: comes Sacramento. Three on one. Bagley the step. Bagley with the dunk. And you can put it in the book and send it to the left. There it is. Buddy Hill alone at the top of the key. Well, I like to see Fox 5 in the open court. In the into the lane. Oh, you don't like, that, you don't like basketball!
0: Oh. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Rich Ivanowski on here, as we always do. How you doing, Rich?
2: Uh, I'll tell you what, I am more nervous than I normally am. A little more worried than I normally am because there's a lot of uh, a little bit of turmoil going on in Kings Nation right now. Everyone is a little bit nervous about the Buddy the contract negotiations, uh, but we have Jason Anderson on from the Sacramento Bee. He has been doing some great work covering this situation this week, and uh, he's been doing great work for a long time at the Sac Bee. Uh, so welcome on, Jason. How are you doing, man?
1: I'm great. Thank you very, very much for having me. How are you
2: guys doing? I'm doing really well how are how are you feeling, Brendan,
0: about all this i'm uh, I'm doing good. I'm definitely on my toes a little bit trying to keep up with everything that's going on before this deadline.
2: yeah, understandable. So I think what we'll start with right o- right off the bat is just asking you, Jason, uh, if you don't mind just reframing all this for us, giving us an update if you and for anyone that uh, any of our listeners that Aren't completely up on the news? Can you tell us what is going on right now regarding the contract or extension, rather negotiations between Buddy Heald and the Sacramento Kings? Sure. Um, so
1: there's a uh, there's a deadline uh, approaching quickly um, on Monday uh, for rookie scale rookie scale contract extensions. Um, Buddy Buddy falls under those parameters, and so the Kings have until Monday to um extend a uh contract offer to him an extension um buddy is um, pretty adamant that he wants to get that deal done before the deadline um the kings um, have the option of waiting until the summer and and kind of letting the free agent market uh, set that price if they can't agree to terms now but uh buddy um has spoken out a couple of times in the last seven days now i think the first was Uh, Last Thursday, uh, he and I had a discussion uh, in the locker room, and he, I think for the first time, kind of expressed um, some urgency and and a desire to to get this deal done. He says um, he wants to to remain in Sacramento. He wants to commit long-term to the organization, and then uh, he wants to see that the organization is willing to commit long-term to him. And then... um, It, uh, it went fairly quiet, um, for a few days, uh, but he, but he wasn't made available, uh, to the media, um, until last night, um, following the, the preseason game against Melbourne. And then, you know, you had kind of the whole Sacramento media contingent on hand for that. Um, and, and everyone, you know, kind of had their own questions and, and, uh, once again Buddy answered them and um and expressed himself and, and um kind of reiterated uh his desire to, to stay and to get a deal done now. Um and you know, he went a little further, um, I think than <clears throat> that initial interview a week ago, saying that, you know, he felt like the King's current offer was um kind of insulting to him and that he was he was looking for a, a bigger financial commitment from the team.
0: Yeah, and um, those numbers uh, coming out from Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports were that the Kings offered a four year 90 million, and uh, Heald and his agent were seeking closer to four years 110. Um, you had t- tweeted something out yesterday saying that uh, you were getting the impression that there's a number between 25 million annually and 27.5 million annually that would get this done right now. Meaning the 100 million over the four years, or the 110 million. And then there was an article that came out today uh, saying that Buddy Heald told to be 100 million over four years would not be enough to get this done. Um, Was was there something that changed within that day?
1: Well, uh, you know, I'll give you my read on that. Um, I think that I think that you know, based on on my reporting, my conversations with uh, people on both sides i i you know it, it's sort of been a process to narrow that that range down a little bit um and so and and um haines's reporting helped with that as well and, and you know some other discussions that i had um helped me get into that that range where you know i think between 100 and 110 would do it so out of curiosity, when I had a moment um actually alone with Buddy last night after um kind of the the bigger group interview was done um i I just put the question out there you know if if a hundred million would be enough and it was a it was a snap response from him and and the answer was no and you know buddy's a little he's a little worked up at this point and and emotional and um this means a lot to him. He loves Sacramento and, and Sacramento loves him. And you know, he, he I think that he was dealing with some of these just these realities of, of you know of these high stakes negotiations and, and so it, it he it was a snap response, no, that that a hundred million wouldn't do it. Um when I when I followed up with one ten, um he said something to the effect of make an agreement make an agreement and so you know i i think 110 is what they want i'm not convinced he wouldn't take 100 um uh, if if it comes down to that in the end um i, I think he might but you know I, I i still think in that range i mean if they went to 105 i i do think it's possible that you know that the deal gets done uh, even 100, I think it's possible. If it's 105, I think it's it's probably likely.
2: You know, it's interesting because we talked about this, Brendan and I, uh, on our Sunday recording and was released on Monday. And we talked about where we felt the range should be for Buddy. And we came down in that 100 to 110 range. That was before the Chris Haynes report. So I felt pretty chuffed that the numbers came out, the report from Haynes came out, and that it was in that area. And I also said I wouldn't be surprised if they had offered him the Harrison Barnes, uh, basically that deal. Well, and it turns out that that seems to be where it was at. Um, and we didn't feel like that was an insulting offer. Um, but as uh, as it turns out, uh, he, does, he did say, he did tell you, he felt that that was an insult. Um, did that surprise you when he said that? Well, I, I'm not sure it
1: surprised me because <clears throat> we've been hearing, we've been hearing that kind of language for a few days now. And so I can't say I'm surprised. I don't, you know, I just, I don't know that he, he should feel insulted, um, you know, but, but who's to tell buddy how he's supposed to feel. He He feels like he knows what he's worth um you said yourself you guys kind of came down in that 100 to 110 range um i think a lot of people are there and and you know thinking that 90 you know might be undervaluing him a little bit you know but it kind of causes us to pull out the the microscope and start asking you know kind of uneasy questions about um you know, upside and skill set and his age and and all these things you really have to analyze the higher and higher you go with that money and and what you're going to commit to um because as you know we may get into it it can have an effect on on the salary cap for you in the future and your ability to, to either bring in or retain guys you already have on your roster. So, you know, this is they're they're really not that far apart. That's I actually walked into the locker room last night thinking buddy might um Offer a more muted response, I guess, and and sort of scale things back a little bit. um so I, I you know, I was surprised that he he just reiterated and kind of doubled down on on his position um, because it it really it doesn't seem like they're a, a world away from from getting something done. if you know if the kings aren't going to move from ninety, I don't I just don't think he's going to agree to that. but Assuming that, that, you know, maybe they're willing to to have some give and take in those negotiations. It it feels like it's possible. It's kind of I think it feels like. They're closer together than they think they are. You know what I mean? Like it, it wouldn't take a lot to say, okay, you're asking for this and we're offering that. Let's get as close to the middle as we can. And. You know, I, it's there are risks involved from both sides. Whether you do it now or don't do it now, um, the Kings do run some risks if if they don't do it now. He he could be offered more than the Kings want to pay um, by another team next summer, um, and and you know he they can offer him the most, but other teams can offer um, more than probably the Kings want to go. One of the high, they can go higher than the Kings probably want to. And then, you know, I think another part of this discussion that um, hasn't been talked about a lot is if the Kings allow Buddy to, to enter a restricted free agency, of course they have the option to match. Um, but one thing they've done really well recently at least is um, and and I think Ken Catanella deserves a lot of credit for this is the way he's structured some of these contracts Um, Harrison Barnes four years 85 million but the salary declines by about 2 million every year so by the the end of that contract I think the number comes out to about 18.3 million that he'll be making that season which um, previous estimates have put that at about 14% of the, the salary cap. So you make that a little more feasible for yourself in terms of your long-term flexibility. Um, other deals just this summer with uh, Deadman and Ariza and Joseph, um, you know, some people have said they overpaid these guys, but those contracts are only partially guaranteed in the final year. So I guess the point I'm making here is they've been smart about structuring deals in ways that, they think are going to be beneficial to them at times that, that where they think they might need money for Fox or for Bagley or, or whatever it is. Um, and if you go into restricted free agency and Buddy signs an offer sheet, you're bound by the terms of that contract if, if you choose to match. So in that scenario, they, they kind of lose the ability to structure the deal in a way that works best for them and you know other teams have a way of putting you in an uncomfortable position um when they when they they get a player to sign that offer sheet um so they you know i i do think there i do think there are risks for the kings to wait and I, I think there are reasons this makes sense for both sides to to really just try to 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 get this done by monday
0: yeah and uh you know, seeing these other uh big contracts that are on the team that you kind of mentioned like Barnes getting 85 million, I'm sure Buddy's looking at that a little bit and uh an interesting note from Walton in the post game yesterday. I know he was uh staying out of it a little bit, but he was saying that uh he's gone through it as a player and you overanalyze. He said that he as a player overanalyzed things at time during uh the free agent year. And uh he was sort of staying out of it saying that uh, this was between the front office and the player. But, uh do you feel like this really is just all negotiations? Do you have any sort of feel on if the kings are just you know starting low like you tend to do in negotiations and willing to maybe go a little bit higher?
1: Um, <clears throat> yeah I, I think that I think that's possible um I, I think what they're they're doing is trying to be as careful and prudent with their their cap space as they can because um They're trying to build a, you know, they want to build a championship contender here. And they think that the guys they have here are going to be a huge part of that. So what that means is you need to be able to keep the band together. And, you know, if you're going to, if you start, you know, just hypothetically, you start stacking, like, let's say a $70 million contract for Bogey and an $85 million contract for Barnes. And then you get to a hundred plus for Buddy, and then you're over. Uh, the the numbers for Fox and Bagley are much higher um, when when those they become eligible for those extensions. So you you put three hundred million dollar plus contracts together. You've got an eighty five, maybe a sixty seventy for Bogey. It you know you you run out of money quickly, and and I think they've, I think they have game planned um for that you know these these guys are smart. they they're, they're anybody who is managing a salary cap in the the cba in the nba is is smart and they're doing their homework and they're looking ahead and they're planning for various scenarios and so i think they've i think they've they they know how to keep these guys together but the cost in the end might be you know another piece it, it could hinder your ability to keep somebody or or bring somebody in you know to fill a role um and so i, I think they want to be as thrifty as they can i mean we're talking 90 to 100 110 million dollars here and, you know it's life-changing money okay buddy is going to be set for life once this deal is done um but he's entitled to get you know what he's worth and so uh, you know I, it, maybe there's some there there are tactics involved here. I mean these are this is these are hardball negotiations that are that are taking place and it, it is a little uncomfortable I think for everybody, certainly for uh for the team. a uh, buddy, you know, I, I think is not entirely comfortable being in this position and, and you know I think the fans are, are kind of struggling with it too. So it is uh it's it's a tough spot I think for everybody to be in. Um but it is negotiations that these are negotiations. This is a business and, and everyone has to really look hard after their
2: own interests. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, I'm with you where being in the locker room last Wednesday after, or last Thursday after the Phoenix Suns game, he, he had some urgency and he said, he said to you, you know, I'm ready to get this shit done. Referring to the, the negotiations, and and I, and I didn't really read that as that much frustration at the time. I just thought it was just kind of buddy, being buddy and being himself and not, not worry about editing himself or anything like that and speaking freely. And then I was surprised, uh, just like you last night, when it, it seemed like he was, as you say, you know, playing a little more hardball. I mean, a lot more hardball, really. And I wonder, you know, because... I really thought that he didn't have much leverage in this situation, considering that he's a restricted free agent, or he will be next season, next off season. Uh, I felt like, listen, the you know the Kings hold the cards here, but uh, you know, but he's really going to have to either he's going to take the offer or he's not. He's still going to have to just he's going to do his best this year, and that's going to be that. But with the clear, visible frustration that he's he's putting out there, and the reaction I've seen from Kings fans it does feel like he has quite a bit of leverage because you know, one of the things that seemed different last year was the chemistry in the locker room. Uh, The team Mm -hmm. seemed happy. They wanted to win and that's a really valuable thing Uh, Mm -hmm. can can, you know, and and looking forward, if they were to lose that, I feel like that might outweigh whatever piece they may bring in with that extra $5 million a year in salary. Uh, But what do you think, how do you think that that, takes place. How do you think that, how would you weigh that the ability to keep the locker room happy versus kind of pinch a little bit of money here and there, you know, and and the ability to bring in one extra piece, one extra small piece?
1: Well, I mean, I don't know how you place a value on that. I mean, those. it's a really interesting point you make. And I think it's something that the team, um, should and and probably is taking into consideration. I I don't know how you you place a a monetary, you know, value on on chemistry and and goodwill and, and those things, but it is worth something in my mind, at least, because I, I agree with you. There was a chemistry here early last year that wasn't there at the end of the season And that I'm not totally sure I'm seeing right now. I've, I've kind of kind of asked some questions about that and, and gotten some different responses. And, and I think the, I I think the consensus is that whatever chemistry they're going to have is, is still building. They're not, they're not quite there yet. Um, it was a little bit different environment at the start of the season last year. It was fast. It was loose. It was fun. And, you know, they, they were just having a good time. They, they, Nobody had playoff expectations when they got into training camp. They were picked to win like 28 games or whatever. You know what I mean? So, you know, this this year is a little different. And the kind of the question I think I've been asking myself is 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 there is there a problem with you know the chemistry? Is it not building, or is it just that these guys are growing up a little bit and and taking a little bit more of a professional tone?
2: And, and, and demeanor, you know, and
1: I, I, I don't know the answer to that yet. Um, but, you know, I think it's something that's, that's worth keeping an eye on. And, and I, I, back to your point, I think it's something that the organization probably is, um, considering. But uh, again, you know, they, their bottom line is, and what Ken is telling them with regards to the cap and the space and, and what can work and what can't work. We're not privy to, you know, to that calculus we don't we don't know what those numbers are um on their whiteboard unless somebody tweets out a photo or something so we don't know and (laughs) it's happened before that has happened before (laughs) so i i don't know it's a fascinating question though um but I, i do think something would be lost if the goodwill between buddy and the organization is is harmed or, or fractured in, in any way.
0: Yeah, and how do you feel that the the rest of the players are kind of taking all of this? You know, Buddy having quotes like a, the name one big free agent that came to Sacramento, and I understand that Deadman Joseph, Ariza aren't big free agents, but they still are, you know, upwards of $10 million that just came over here in free agency. And there was a quote yesterday, or uh, they came out today with NBC California saying it's all about value and where they see me as a player. And of course, if another young player comes up and they give him what they want, it shows how much they value me. Um, What sort of impact do you feel like this is having on the other guys in the locker room? I
1: don't know that I can really speak to that. Um, I've had conversations with a few of the players um, and who mostly have said, we love Buddy, we support Buddy, we want to play with Buddy. Um, but, but, you know, that, like Luke said, they, they kind of stay out of the numbers. The numbers are, it's not really their place to get into to any of that. So beyond just sort of, you know, throwing their support behind a teammate and, and kind of understanding, um, how difficult these negotiations can be sometimes and, and how frustrating it can get for, um, really for both sides, I think, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to overstep here and trying to tell you what I think the players feel when they see comments like that or or don't feel because I frankly I I don't know I haven't been able to to ask enough of them to to
2: really have a great read on that understandable
0: are you currently paying off student debt interested in improving your financial literacy or looking for new ways to earn income in today's ever-changing digital landscape Well, on the Talk Money with Mesh Lakani podcast, Mesh will follow paper trails, chat with experts, and break down complex ideas to bring clarity to the mystical financial phenomena. Each episode will be filled with compelling stories covering a broad range of subjects, from buying Bitcoin, dealing with student debt, and everything in between. Listen to Talk Money with Mesh Lakani on Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and learn how to spend, invest, and earn for today's economy.
2: I want to know. I'm not going to ease anyone's anxiety level with this question, but I want to know more about this uh, reference he made to you that made it feel like it was possible that he could request a trade. Um, you know, I mean, he's using that verbiage. He's using the "I'll find another home," "I'll look somewhere else." He there was one line that he put out there. You know, basically saying I play hard no matter what jersey I'm wearing. It puts a mental image in your mind of Buddy Healed wearing a different jersey. And and I, I wonder is that the extent of the implication, or did he say something else to you with regards to that? And how real of a possibility do you think that is if this deal doesn't get done?
1: Um, yeah. So to, to answer your question, there uh, and you know, I guess to address your your um, the way you you just described that, um, which is perfectly accurate, there were. There were multiple references uh, during the group interview uh, last night that that you know I think led some of us to believe that he was subtly um, indicating that you know he might be willing to, to to demand a trade if this doesn't go his way. Um, so I went back and I, I talked to I talked to a few of the, a few of the, the other um, beat writers in the room and asked, you know, their impression of that. And they had the same impression I did. And um, they thought, yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. And what what sealed it for me is when at the end of my interview with Buddy, after the group thing, I pressed him a little bit on the fact that he, look, you're, you'd be restricted. And the team could match and retain your rights. And, um, I'm the only one who heard him say this because he said, he just said it directly to me. He said, I'm, I'm giving you hints. You're a smart guy. So he's, he's telling me you know what I'm saying. And so I didn't share that with the other reporters, um, when I asked their opinion about, you know, his comments and, and whether he was sort of hinting that, you know, that, that a trade demand could, um, could come if if this deal doesn't get done by Monday and others had that impression already even without that sort of kicker at the end um and so yeah I mean I I don't know that there's there's any question I mean when he starts talking about finding another home and and you know playing for another team and and all these things that is what he's talking about he's talking about you know maybe trying to find a way out of Sacramento
2: yeah and tell me how bad is that? I mean, you know, uh, say that that transpires. Say that, uh, you know, I don't want to get too off here in Never Neverland, but say that it's Tuesday and the deal didn't get done. Um, and, you know, that's a very real possibility. You know, what, and, and if he did say at that point, you know, I didn't get the deal I wanted, I want out, what type of an effect is that going to have on Sacramento season?
1: I think that's hard to project right now because. I, I, because I don't know how either side would handle that. And I don't know how Buddy would go about trade demands. Um, I don't know how vocal he would be about it. I don't know whether the organization would be inclined in any way to, to work with him to accommodate that request. So I think, I think there are too many unknowns right now to really, say what the impact could be. But, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's reasonable to assume that you're not going to get a best case scenario out of this season. um, If those events are are transpiring, do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm willing to say that that would be a bad case scenario. Um, And I'm willing to say, you know, just personally, from my own standpoint, I think it could be a potentially disastrous scenario, Uh, but feel free to disagree.
1: No, I don't disagree. I mean, yeah, it could, we've seen this in other places in the league where players demand trades and, and things get, you know, to varying degrees, things get uncomfortable or awful, or, you know, it, it just, it, it it could spiral um, out of control and it, it, it could become a problem or, you know, it, people have done that quietly too, and and it hasn't been as much of a, a distraction or a problem for the team. But it, it just, I wouldn't want to speculate or guess, you know, how anybody would would handle those those things. Um, but it, it, you know, again, I think it's reasonable to assume that that you know, this season, um, in terms of its potential, would, you know. It, it, it would be harder for them to maximize what their potential is this season under those kinds of circumstances.
0: Definitely. It's something that uh, obviously none of the fan base wants to see with how much buddy has impacted this team. And uh, do you feel that, you know, say that he's, he has been very vocal about wanting to stay in Sacramento, um, but also said that he felt like this was an insult. Um if, if they do uh, get to a $100 million, $110 million point, uh, is there a fear that Buddy is still uh, upset with the front office in a way because they initially, he feels like they value him at $90 million and potentially gave it to him because he was so stuck in it? Is there a fear that even if this deal gets done, Buddy's uh, a little unhappy with the front office?
1: Well, I asked him that, and he says, no, we're cool. You know, I'm I'm cool with everybody. Um, we just need to get a deal done. So, you know, I think if they, if they get to a number that Buddy feels good about, then I think it's fine. I mean, you know, this organization, they do truly love Buddy and Buddy loves this city. He loves the team. Um, he's said repeatedly he wants to be in Sacramento. He wants to make this his home. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's any question about that. So, No, I think that I I think that once the hard part's over, the negotiations are done, and everybody can kind of look at themselves in the mirror and and feel like, okay, this is all right. um, I I think things will be fine. Um, You know, the question is just whether we get to that point or not.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. Like that's that's what we got to worry about right now. That's the that's the question. And um, to ask that question a little more clearly. You know, what do you think the odds are or the chances are that come Monday, this is a done deal? They figured it out, whether it's 100, 105, 110, whatever, what have you. Um, what do you feel the chances are that a deal is locked in by Monday? Hmm.
1: I, I don't know. I mean, I, the honest answer is I, I don't know. I mean, I would, you know, I I I don't know. I can't really put a. I can't put odds on it or, or tell you what the percentage chance is that it gets done. What I can say is that they're I, I don't feel like they're that far apart. I mean, we're talking about if, if, you know, depending on whether it's a hundred or 105, if the Kings are willing to come up and buddy's willing to back off from the one ten a little bit, I mean, then you're at a point where the difference is like two and a half million, maybe per season, depending on, you know if it's 100 or 105 or whatever you're you're getting pretty close and so that's where i said earlier it feels like they're closer maybe than than they think they are um or or maybe it's just you know than buddy thinks they are i don't know but it it, it i i do think it's possible um i do think there are very good reasons for for both sides to to do it now and just get it out of the way and go on with their lives Um, and so, you know, I guess thinking it through if, if, you know, if those things are true and both sides are willing to, to move towards the middle, you know, I think there's, there, there is a a good chance, you know, I'm not going to put a number on it, but yeah, there's a good chance they could, they could meet in the middle and, and get it done.
0: Yeah, we're definitely all hoping for that to happen, and uh, one of Buddy's close friends on the other side is also looking at a potential contract extension that has until the end of the year, since he's not on a normal uh, rookie-scale deal, and that's Bogdan Bogdanovich. uh, You reported that the Kings offered him his maximum uh, extension that they could of the four years, $51.4 Can you just kind of update us on that entire situation?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty simple situation, actually. Um, thankfully, he, the, um, bogey's eligible for, uh, for an extension, uh, of up to four years and 51.4 million, um, averages about 12.85 million per year. And that is just the most the Kings can offer him right now. Um, and it's, it's probably, um, under market value. And so, you know, bogey, has not accepted the offer and i i frankly i don't expect him to i think there's um i think there's a really good chance that bogey goes into the summer and becomes a restricted free agent and then waits to see what he can get um on the free agent market and that's where you know that's where his his situation will get um more interesting and and more complicated because Um, you know, 12.85 million for him is maybe low. I mean, I guess we have to see what happens, um, you know, during this NBA season. Um, but you know, his, his profile is up right now coming off that world cup performance with Serbia. He was, you know, I think by many accounts, the best player in the tournament over there. Um, and, and has looked great, uh, so far in the preseason So I, you know, I think, I think if buddy or bogey, excuse me, bogey plays up to, you know, his potential, his capabilities this year, he could put himself in line for a contract that, you know, is, is like 15 million plus. Um, And, you know, maybe 17, 18 million. I don't know. Um, But the, the, what the, the Kings are going to find out and they know this, they're not going to find it out with the King. The Kings know this already. They're, Next year's free agent class is a lot different than this year's was. Um, we're not going to see as many big name guys available. There are not going to be as many teams with cap space. Um, I've seen some reporting uh, from Keith Smith, uh, who does some stuff for Real GM and Yahoo Sports, um, who's really good with cap stuff from what I've seen. And, and he's put it at, I think he's got eight teams with cap space next summer. And interestingly, I, you look at that list and there are six, the six at the top of that list, um, with the most money to spend are Atlanta, Toronto, Memphis, New York, Cleveland, and Charlotte. Um, every one of those teams would be upgrading by putting bogey or buddy at shooting guard. And Atlanta's got 78 million, Toronto has 63 memphis i think is around 53 new york's around 47 um and then cleveland and charlotte are you know a little bit lower um but still enough um to to be able to to poach one of those guys and and throw a lot of money at them so um i think if if one or both of those guys get into restricted free agency next summer um and have played uh well then they could become, you know, coveted guys and, and um, potentially demand uh, bigger offers than than the Kings are, are comfortable with paying.
0: Yeah, real quickly, uh, I, I know that Toronto's number has adjusted to thirty three million now post uh, that Lowry extension. Um, oh, no, okay. But yeah, those are those are those top six teams that I have seen. Do you have um, do you have a gauge on how Bogdanovich feels about his role on the team? uh, being that six man, even though he is still closing games at times?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I mean, bogey's
1: bogey's, um, always Bogey's the team guy. Um, he's, he's not one to, you know, to complain about his role or, or let on if he's frustrated by it, um, or anything as, you know, we all know he was hurt at the start of, uh, the 2018, 19 season, uh, missed some games at the beginning and and really took a while to get acclimated and I don't know if he ever really truly did he, he had some struggles um at times last year pretty prolonged struggles for a while so he 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 comes off an injury um into back to a team that is now running at hyper speed and he you know he wasn't there um physically in terms of his his conditioning and um, he just wasn't prepared for that. And so I think that's why this year is going to be interesting. He's healthy in the preseason uh, for the first time um, I, He told me for the first time in his career. And so he you know, I think that's where you know You just have to wait and see and and truly, you know Bogie's just gonna probably play this year out um, And and see what you know find out what he's worth next summer on the free agent market
0: The King's Pulse podcast is recorded and hosted on Anchor. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and it is 100% free. It gives you everything you need to record, edit all of it so it sounds smooth and professional, and upload it all from your phone and or your computer. They distribute your podcast to every major platform. They give you an opportunity to make some money in the process as well. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
2: Yeah, and I wanted to shout out real quick. Uh, you mentioned Keith Smith. Uh, he's formerly been a guest on the show, friend of the podcast. And oh. I also noticed you tweeted about um, uh, Jeff Siegel over at Early Bird Rights, who does some amazing cap work as well. So any listeners oh. out there who want to see those cap figures, go check those guys out. Um, but yeah, getting back to bogey, you know, I wonder how much of Bogey's free agency do you think is playing into or compounding the situation with Buddy? Because they both are shooting guards as their as their primary position. They're both going to be free agents. You know, do you think that this team is viewing them in any way as um, you know as factoring into each other as far as spending a certain amount of money on the shooting guard position, or do you think, from your impressions, are these they're kind of being viewed completely separately?
1: Well, I mean, you can't, they, they, you can't separate them. They are both shooting guards. They are both, uh, talented, really talented guys. Um, they're both, I, I think they're both capable of, um, of being starters. I mean, obviously Buddy is and, and Bogey was. And, you know, and I think, I think Bogey, um, I, I do think Bogey could be a starter if, if he was really adamant about, about finding that kind of an opportunity somewhere. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen or heard anything from Bobby
0: um,
1: where he's expressed any kind of like displeasure or, or, you know, being upset about his role or how he's been used. He's, he's, uh, really important to this team. Um, and, and I think they see it that way. I think he knows it. And, you know, if you're, if you're the six man, uh, and potentially a six man of the year candidate, on a, a team that you believe in, and, and I've asked him this he sees a bright future for this group um if if they stay together. Um, and so I you know I, I I haven't heard him express any kind of uh, any kind of angst over over his role here at this point.
2: yeah, and last question here, kind of a follow up on what you mentioned after Brendan's question regarding bogey and his six man rule. Um, you know, you said that Bogey's just not the kind of guy who's really gonna be open and outward with his uh dis- dissatisfaction over the situation if he were to have it. Um, do you think that's just kind of what this comes down to with Buddy, where Buddy's just more of an outspoken guy, or you know, how much of this is true, genuine dis- displeasure, and that's kind of the difference between these two situations, or do you think it's just hey? If if Buddy's unhappy, he's going to talk about it. And if Bogey were unhappy, maybe he would just do this a little bit more behind closed doors. Hmm.
1: Um,
2: I yeah, Bo, um,
1: Buddy is is definitely more vocal and outspoken,
0: and um,
1: and Bogey, you know, Bogey's pretty quiet and reserved. So I, you know, I, I think looking at it from that perspective, I yeah, it's not really a surprise that that you know Buddy's. Um, maybe more, uh, more outspoken about his situation. His is, is more pressing, too, which I think, you know, and you have to look in, in for Bogey, waiting is the right move for him. I, I think everybody would agree. I mean, he, he can wait and, and probably command more money as a restricted free agent. And then, you know, the Kings have a decision to make in terms of whether to match that. Um, and whether they can match that depending on how high that price tag goes, uh, buddy's situation is more urgent for him because, you know, he wants to, he wants to do this now. He doesn't want to wait until next summer. Um, he wants to do it now. He, you know, anything can happen. We've seen catastrophic injuries in the last year or two that, you know, have cost guys entire seasons and, and potentially their careers so i you know for i think for some of those reasons and and you know buddy hasn't hasn't said this, but you know he's also dealing with um some pretty widespread and and um catastrophic events back home in the bahamas and and he's already opened up his checkbook to to try to help people out there and um I wouldn't be surprised at all if if you know. Buddy's cashing a big fat check next week. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him um, step up even further to, to you know, help people back home.
0: Right. Of course, we wish our best for everything going on over there. Um, the very last thing that I have for you, Jason, here is you tweeted out something that was, uh, it was kind of fun today. Had a lot of people guessing about this uh, surprise player that could be considered for the roster spot. Um, is there anything that, uh, you have on that? And also, could you update us on, uh, the Harry Giles situation in regards to what you know about him potentially not being ready for the season opener?
1: Yeah. Um, I I guess I'll start, I guess I'll start with the first question. Um, yeah, we left it out there. I mean, I, I can't really tell you any more than what he said. Um, other than, you know, maybe something that wasn't a part of the tweet was that um, I, I believe he's referring to guys who are actually in camp. So I don't know that he's talking about Carmelo or Schumpert or, you know, somebody like that. I think he's I think he, I think he was referring to uh, people in camp who, you know, the question was, has anyone surprised you and, and maybe put their, their names in the hat or in the contention for maybe that last roster spot. And he, he indicated that, yeah, um, there was, but he, he didn't want to share it. Um, I think the, I think the most, I don't, I don't, I don't know who he's talking about. I don't know if it's Winion, Gabriel, or if, you know, if it's somebody else that he's seen more of than we have. Um, you know, I'm writing, um, pretty feverishly by late in the fourth quarter when some of these guys are, are getting more minutes. So I can't claim to have a real good feel for the, you know, the battle for the 14th and 15th roster spots right now. Um, but you know, I, I think Winyan is a guy who's, who's certainly possible. He's on a two way contract now that could be converted into uh, an NBA contract. And, um, I, you know, I've seen some things from, from him, not only in the preseason, but in, you know, the summer as well. Um, that, you know, I, I think he's worth, uh, worth keeping around and just in my view. Um, but no. I don't, I don't, I couldn't tell you. I mean, it, it almost makes me wonder if it's not Winyan because he, you know, he was asked if it was a surprise. And I think, I think a lot of people might think that, you know, Winyan could be a guy who, who might compete for that, that 15th spot. So I don't know guys, we'll see, um, who that is. As far as Harry, it it's, you know, it's pretty, it, this is dragging on a long time. Um, Harry, everybody wishes the best for Harry. Everybody knows his history and, and, you know, the the injuries he's dealt with over a period of several years now. Um, so, uh, you know, it's possible that the Kings are just sticking with their approach, which has been to be very, very careful with Harry. Um, don't put him in any situations where, you know, it might be bad for him or, or things um could happen that, that would be detrimental like i think about vegas for example in the summer league there was you know a lot of a lot of people made a big deal about you know harry's not playing summer league basketball and yeah it was it was it raised some some questions and some eyebrows and then i started watching summer league basketball and how many times guys ended up on the floor and just it's it, it gets a little bit it gets pretty physical and crazy. You've got guys who, you know, are probably, most of whom are not going to make the NBA and they're just fighting for their lives to, to show something and prove something. And, you, you know, I can't count how many times I saw like Caleb Swanigan picking himself up off the floor in Summer League games. And each time I thought, man, if that's Harry out there taking those bumps, you know, maybe it makes sense that the organization held him out. And then you know they went to india and they decided not to have harry travel they they say he uh started to experience some knee soreness um the day they left um basically they announced it uh about an hour before they got on the plane to go to india and you know and that even to me i think can be explained by the fact they didn't want to put him in the air at high elevation. Um, with, you know, with any kind of soreness or swelling in his knee, because my understanding is, you know, flying just is, is, I know from flying across country that my legs feel stiff and uncomfortable and not good when I get off the plane after six hours. So, you know, to put Harry on a plane for 20 when he's already, um, dealing with some soreness is not, you know, I don't think it's scandalous in any way, but it is raising questions um, that, you know, he hasn't played a game since March. Um, He hasn't been made available to the media since media day um, or very early in training camp at least. So, you know, let me take that back because we did talk to Harry the day before the India trip. So that I believe is the last time he's been made available uh, to the media Um, was the day before they left for India and then since they announced he was dealing with some soreness um, there have been repeated requests from reporters to speak to Harry and um, and he hasn't been made available at this point so it's kind of feeding you know some of these conspiracy theories that you know maybe he's dealing with something worse than anyone wants to admit right now Um, I certainly hope that's not the case Harry's you know as as good a kid as you're going to find um, anywhere. I mean, I, you know, he's embraced Sacramento and um, Sacramento loves him right back. And, and again, everyone's hoping for the best there. But I, I just don't think we know enough right now to say, I have no evidence to suggest that he's had some kind of major setback or there's major damage in in either of those knees. He um, The team put out a statement saying that, they did an mri and it showed new new findings and so i i can't i have to just at this point take them at their word we haven't been able to ask harry himself what's going on so really all we know at this point is what the teams communicated to us
2: well it's a moment of turmoil for kings fans i am sure uh but everyone's hoping for the best for harry everyone's hoping that this contract gets done for buddy and that you know sacramento can look forward to just a great season of basketball here's hoping that that works out but thank you so much jason for joining us i'm sure all of our listeners already read your work can follow you on twitter but if you don't follow jason here's a quick plug of his twitter handle handle it is at j uh thanks again so much for joining us jason
1: my pleasure guys nice talking to you
0: Yeah, we really appreciate it, man. And thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of the King's Pulse podcast. You will hear from us again in the next couple of days.